Sunday night, late night radio. What fun. Up this morning, looking for my shoes. Look behind the trunk, found the hesitation blues. Lordy, tell me how long? Lordy, tell me how long? Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? and friends. I know we've been kind of like flatlined a couple of times, but we are back. Am I on mute? Nope. Nope. I didn't know. Yeah, I I still cell phones, man, they 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 they're terrible. But uh yeah, we've been on mute for a little while. I've had a little bit of back problems, but uh my back is Good is new. I well, still good. can't throw a sidekick though. 
you know, because I'm 50. <laughs> so I can't do that stuff yet. Um, but we are we are back up and running. And William and Tom, thank you so much for your patience. Oh, no problem. No problem. <laughs> Just consider yeah. it a rest break. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We we had a little vacation. We just didn't get paid for it. So you know, whatever you know, it happens. So uh, thank you everybody for coming to join us. Um, by the way, Aaron D. Johnston, I envy you. Honest, honest, freaking went to Disneyland. Hmm. First trip to Disneyland. Did you see the photos? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a few of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's having a good time. <laughs> yeah, and you got to salute him because he worked in a warehouse for so many years, and now he's living the dream. He's out there, and he's traveling the world, going to Disneyland. And Aaron D. Johnston, dude, honest Amish. We salute you. He really gets with the Playboy Mansion. The adult Disneyland. Huh? He'd really get some salutes if he went to the adult Disneyland Playboy Mansion. Yeah, that's uh, true too. You know, he, you you know he's gonna I be know, there. He's, he's yeah. yeah, he's gonna be there. He's gonna be so, there. So, so Aaron D. Johnson, I'm a Thomas. By the way, I'm so sorry. I missed the Christmas getting you the Honest Amish soap. William, Tom, your soap's going to be in the mail. Okay, I'm gonna, just going to okay. buy it off the Honest Amish website. You guys are going to get your soap, and you're going to realize how terrific it is. And I'm sorry I missed Christmas. In fact, Nick was like, uh, you got you to gotta, you gotta mail the soap. Yeah, that usually helps. Nick? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I, I, I'm listening very well. We actually, uh, Francie actually used the soap so we couldn't mail it. No, I'm kidding. She she no, was neglectful. And we still have it. You could just mail it to them. You don't even have to order anymore. You haven't used it. It's right there. It's it's a, it's like right there in in the packaging. You can just mail it anytime you want to. I could even help you. I could go to USPS. What's their addresses? Da, 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 print it out. Oh, there you go. Just like with my eBay stuff, I sell. Oh my goodness, Fancy, Fancy. There's no excuse. Thomas William, Thomas William, send me your guys' email address. We'll ship out your soap tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no okay. problem. Get her done. Well, get her done. I actually do have your soap. Yes, that's what I just said. Yep. Yes, we do oh, have your fun. soap still. <laughs> that's okay. I got the memo. All right, give me and what is this, February <laughs> now, Francie? I've been holding out, not bathing. I've got to send it to them. Honest Amish is sure great. Great soap. Great, like, beardage from the, uh, what's that show that he's from? Talking Beards? He was not a part of yeah. it. It was uh, Whisker Wars. 
He watched it. He's like, I should grow a beard. And she dragged me to one of those wizard things, which, you know, I mean, heck. But this guy has great soap, don't he? Now, (laughs) you guys don't know. You haven't gotten it yet. That's right. Okay, Nick, show me how to send the soap. I will show you how. I'll actually help you this time. <laughs> All right, that's great. <laughs> also, um, Andy Johnston, we love you. Uh, what else is going on, Nicholas Grabowski? You got an announcement. Yes, with Black Bedsheet Books, of course. Cool. Um, just announced today, uh, just actually about 45 minutes before this show, um, that Carson Buckingham's book, Too Late for Praying, is now out. Yay. Yay. And she's great. And uh, um, and uh, what's the second book that I published this year that just came out before that oh yeah 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 it's um it's it's um it's edward's book and we'll talk about that <laughs> blood red night of Hunter valley very proud of that I don't know him. and uh and uh azura knox's book was before that uh to, i mean uh, we're coming out with some uh, other books this february whilst i'm doing royalties because it's that time of year but um uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming out this spring. We've got uh, um, Chuck Chapman's new book, which is coming out a little Ooh. bit late, but it's uh, it's it's coming out. And just this week too, Ken King's new book. And if you haven't heard of Ken King yet, you will. Um, and um, uh, just a lot of uh, even uh, Tom Sawyer. Um, uh, Edward, uh, one of the co-hosts, is uh, an author of mine. I've published, like, I, I don't know now, 13 books of yours. And you promised to come out with a new Twilight Zone um, thingy. Thingy, thingy. Yeah, I, think, I said it, it to you, didn't I? Uh, I dedicated I to you, Francie William. I believe you well, did. Yeah. yeah. It's dedicated to you, Francie and William. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, okay. Well, you know, nice. awesome thought. You, you know, it's you guys are my awesome talk radio family. You know? And then nice. William has like a, a plethora of his own books too, and and stuff. He's a Titanic connoisseur. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, with Black Bedsheet Books, though, uh, I mean, it's going to be a big year. Last year, I published more books than I have in any other previous year since we started in 2008. I don't know how many. I think it was like around 18. Um, And we're a small press. So, you know, I don't like pump out like just, you know, everything. I don't even have time for that. Uh, Small press capacity. Um, Just publishing books that I believe in that I would pick up if I was walking like I used to back in the 80s when my first books came out, too, um, uh, at mass market paperback in the 80s, going to the supermarket, seeing the, the horror section, 
uh, they, all these like cool like books and, and stuff. It, it, that has inspired me for life. And uh, um, I I I used to like just buy those books and um, uh, and um, everything that I publish is inspired by those days. It, even anything that I do a cover for. Um, it's uh, we can't get the quite the mass market paperback size, but five by eight is good enough. Um, and uh, it, it's just uh, you know that and that's that's um, that's what I publish are books that I would be attracted to, like back in those days, like um, at, at the supermarket looking at oh look that's a great cover what is this and I would like look through and you know, put it in the shopping cart. You never card. judge a book by its cover though. Hey, no, um, not always, but I mean that's a great attraction. Um, but uh, still, you know, do, there's been some sucky no, no. books with oh, sucky covers that are great books on the inside too. Yeah. It's like you oh, slap yeah. the hand of that publisher. You know, you just got to represent. Can't just like put out like you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so yeah, so um, I don't know what got me started off on that tangent. But uh, but basically that's that's what it is though. I mean, I publish books that I would be attracted to if I was like back in those days roaming the you know the, the mass market paperback bookshelves uh, and stuff. That's why I uh, picked up on uh, Edward's book uh, um, By the and, way, and all the others. Nick, uh, who's our guest tonight? Oh, isn't it Edward? It is. I think so. <laughs> it is. All right. Hey, Edward, how you doing? Hey, Francie, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing, Welcome. I'm, you know, I'm doing, you know. I'm I had so to melt a couple of bars of soap to some people. Right, right. But, you so know. My question is, if the bar of soap is used, do you charge more for it? or less for it, or that, you know, whether or not you're selling it on eBay. Well, is it an Etsy product if you've used the soap? Oh. That's a good question. I would think if you're a celebrity, if Taylor Swift used that bar of soap, it would go for like a 500 bucks. Hmm. But not for me. Some bar of soap? It. I mean, it's an untapped market, we have to admit. That's true. So, so, so if our bar of soap has a little flux of gray in it, we could say that, uh, you know, hello eBay. This is uh, soap used by a horror extraordinaire, Mr. Nick Grabowski, uh, starting at seven hundred dollars for the bed. <laughs> no, don't use. Don't. I live with Nick. Don't use his bar of soap. <laughs> oh, okay. I think there was a girl on TikTok uh, recently that was selling her bath water for like uh, $100 a jar, and and it sold. Wow. I mean, I guess it's a market, right? It is a market. That one, that one, that one lady was selling her farts in a jar. Yeah. Well, there you go. And there was another one selling candy, Dude, <laughs> Why oh, uh, are we not rich now? check the uh check check the board. I got a text that we might have a caller. 
Uh, Bring her I do believe color. that that is 941. What we've got to do is ask Edward like stuff about himself and his book, too. <laughs> That's why he's here to, you know. Yeah, yeah 941. Nine four one. Okay, nine four one's not talking. Uh, so Edward, you got a very uh, you got hold on, a I think very I hear him. Oh, hold on. Nine four one. Nine four one. Are you there? Yeah, Howard again. Okay, oh. there, there we are. How's it, how's it going? Yeah, can you hear me, guys? Yeah, yeah, we hear you. Yep. Great. Great. So I'm an old friend of uh, BJ's, actually. Williams. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we go back a long way, right? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, Forty years. <laughs> It's been a long, long time, and uh, so he he thought I'd uh, it'd be a good idea to call in and say hi. And uh, so my name's Anthony, and uh, I don't know what you guys are all doing. Yeah, same. Uh, I hear you guys are just doing some podcasting and talking about art and architecture and literature and. All sorts of good stuff. I don't know about the uh, bird baths that are going on around there, but <laughs> or, or who's or who's selling uh, bird bath water or bath water? But uh, that sounds like a good idea too, maybe in some circles. That could always work. <laughs> so yeah. So what do you yeah, guys do on this uh, podcast? Well, well we we're uh, interviewing our guest um, Edward. Martin the Third, who happened to just uh, come out with a new book called *The Blood Red Night of Hatchet Valley*, which um, uh, has like pretty much total carnage in it. Well, that's uh, a lot it of sounds, like really cool total exciting. carnage. Have uh, they turned it into a film yet? Uh, not yet, but he'll probably even talk about that because he's also an independent filmmaker. Well, I'll, I'll tell oh, you guys a little about myself. Uh, I mean, other than knowing Beak Day for 40-some years uh, and growing up in the same town. And... All right, so, Edward. That's um, groovy. So, cool. Edward. So, uh, so Edward. Uh, Edward. Uh, I uh, tell us a little bit about that. I, I just caught part of that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, the Blood Red uh, Night of Hatchet Valley. Valley. Give us some insight. Yeah, tell huh? us the scoop and the skinny. The scoop and the skinny. Imagine. So I, I got the two intersecting things I like. One is werewolves. I got a personal stake in that action. And the other is the oh. thing. Um, and as Nicholas so astutely identified, there's a whole lot of uh, uh, DNA in here from the thing. So 
between that and I, I, I'm up in the uh, Portland area. So I live in the Pacific Northwest and I've done those lived up here since most of my life. And there's all kinds of trees and woods and crazy people in the, in the, in those woods. Uh, I being one of them. <clears throat> and so I thought, well, not to mention Bigfoot. Uh-huh. Not to mention Bigfoot. Oh yeah. Well, you know, we had this big debate a while ago. Um, um, just is is Sasquatch? Does he have hair? Or does he have a fur? And my take on it was he's completely naked, but he wears a fur coat to throw everybody off. And I think that ended the conversation in a very uncomfortable way. Well, well that works. That works. Hey, why not? So the the Blood Red Night of Hatchet Valley is one night, a very unfortunate night, as uh, I think Nicholas pointed out. It's a very carnage-packed night in that valley where a whole bunch of people who ordinarily would not get along continue to not get along while one by one they get picked off in a horrifying and wonderful ways by this kind of crazy alien creatures that are growing up in the valley. Um, nice. Yeah. Well, you know, well, 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 you, Nick had me with total carnage and you just solid, you just solidified the, uh, the deal with uh, mentioning the thing. So, I'm game oh, for it. Cool. Yeah, you know, uh, what's funny, I was telling Francie um, the other week um, um, after I did your cover um, that um, I just uh, pretty much got finished with The Stretchman by Deborah Zack, um, which is a pro-dog um, horror book and where dogs work with humans and everything. And almost pretty much the next one after that, I have to, like, show a cover as like a wolf, like um, you know, with these vines and that it being kind of torn apart. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's just kind of the opposite. But um, and I wasn't sure if people would go for that. And then I realized, oh no, if I put, if I mention the thing on the cover, they'll get mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and I thought, oh, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, and and yeah. people yeah. do. People get it. <laughs> so it's not Man, like in one like animal rights activist going, well, what what what's this book about now? <laughs> like another book that I'm publishing um, uh, within the next month called The Indian Problem. But I told the author we had to kind of change the cover. I mean the the, the title for it because people might not get um, what that means. <laughs> like what do Indians have problems and stuff? So. But yeah, when I thought of the thing, I thought that that works perfectly. That's exactly what uh, kind of thing. It's it's kind of like your book is kind of like the thing um, in a rural forest community. Um, yeah. Uh, but not exactly. There's just different kinds of like, and the werewolf thing is an aspect of the whole thing too. Yeah. Oh. Very impressed with all that. Is so we're telling about your werewolf. Not that it's the way that you tell it in your characters as well. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea. Tell some detail about your werewolf. Oh well, there. So there's a ton of different kind of werewolves, right? I mean, in all literature and all the history, tons and tons of different kinds. So what What's I, yours like? What I, um, mine are a, um, it's like a hybrid. Um, so this thing. I'm going to be kind of spoiling stuff, by the way. So if anyone's listening and they haven't read the book yet, uh, I'm going to spoil stuff. You're just going to have to get ready for this. 
So this is sort of a, a weird little probe. And uh, mm-hmm. what it normally does is it grabs some, whatever, it lands on a planet, whatever curious thing comes up to it, it grabs it and turns it into a really ugly, horrific, nasty version of it and tries to, like, destroy the ecosystem. In this case, it's, it's been bunked around in the head. It's been in space too long. It's got a little wacko. And it happens to grab both a guy and a wolf that he's chasing at the same time. It doesn't know what the heck it's going to do, so it, it munges them together and makes this sort of thing in the middle. Um, what did he say? It grabbed you, two of what? It grabs. So there's a. It grabs a guy and a wolf at the same time. Oh okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. And so instead of making uh, like grabbing a single species and making a very horrific version of it, uh, it grabs two different species and says, "I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll push it all together and double take the hindmost." And then it makes this this crazy blended thing. Um, it could almost be like the creation of the werewolf uh, legend or lore or myth, or, you know, like how the whole thing got started, maybe, you know. One of the many ways that that goes through, and, and again, I got I got to say, like I'm a I'm a huge fan of the thing. Actually, when uh-huh. when Nicholas cover, like, dude, this is spot on, um, because years ago I was working in publishing and one of the licenses that I worked on and that I wrote for was the thing from another world. So to me, this is just like, yep, match made in heaven. I'm happy as a clam. Uh, so this thing does this. It, it, it basically makes a creature that looks sort of like a very large wolf with um, human hands and feet, meaning, and, and this becomes a point in the story. It, it doesn't have like wolf senses or anything like that. It basically is kind of, kind of like a human brain, and it, it doesn't run very well. It does its best, but the advantage that it has is called an advantage. If it, if it hurts you or if it scratches you, um, it changes you into a So that's sort of a, an awkward downside, and that becomes that's – a, that's, that's an element of several uh, of the items of carnage that Nicholas mentioned earlier. Okay. Yes, and there's uh, excellent elements of science fiction involved in that, too. Um, well, not uh, horror, but science no. fiction stuff. So it's it's like really kind of like a, I guess you could call it in some ways an alien invasion type of a thing. <laughs> that's, that's what I was hoping for. Oh, well, yeah. the best of old worlds. Well, yeah, well definitely, yeah, speaking of... Uh, you know, speaking of the uh, thing, I, I have a, a, a fun little thing, uh, something I, I'm going to share with, with you guys. I think you'll probably get a kick out of this. Uh, I think I might have you know, kind of revealed my age to a degree in one sense, but um, you know, during the course of our hiatus, uh, I actually put together a uh, anthology of uh, short stories that I converted to scripts. And I was able to uh, send it in uh, to a, for a uh, for consideration to an indie studio, and uh, you know I uh, got the feedback from the, uh, from the from the from the heads, and you know it was one of the moments where I actually fell off the chair and I was like, oh my god, and holy shit at the same time, because um, the response was uh, we're going to have to pass because uh, we normally like to. Uh, find inspiration from 
well-known directors like uh, James Wan and uh, Eli Roth. And we don't really focus on the unknown directors like John Carpenter or even something called The Thing. <laughs> so, Hair <laughs> loss. Yeah, hey. understandably, I'm, I'm I'm saving that for uh, for prosperity's sake, and I'm probably going to hang it up in my office. <laughs> so, sometimes those crazy rejection letters are the best ones to hold on to. Indeed. So, but uh, but yeah, for sure. Uh, your, you know, I'm 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 looking forward to reading your book, though. So, uh, you. you know, you. Yeah, you, you, you've already hit both of my uh, favorite uh, topics right off the bat in the first uh, three minutes of talking about it. So <laughs> It's really worth well, it. <laughs> I, I, I tried very hard. Um, it's funny you mentioned that, that like those weird rejections. So I, I, went, uh, I went to a, one of these pitch fests you know, a couple of years ago, and I was pitching this as a script. And um, so I went to one, one group. And I kind of, you know, rambled off the story a little, little more coherent than I am right now. Um, in my defense, that was two shots of rum. So I'd pitch one to one group, and they'd say, oh, wow, we really love these creatures. These are great, but these, all these characters, they're driving us nuts. Can you, like, knock it down to one or two characters only? And then I'd go to, literally go to another desk, and they'd say, we love the idea of all these characters doing all this crazy stuff, but, but really, that's like that's just too much for a monster. Can you just make it like a one single monster that just does like one kind of thing? And I kind of wanted to get them both together, and and push them together hard enough until they fused. Nice. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. Wish you much yes, more success. That's it, great. It's a it's. It's part of the spark that brings you forward. So, yeah, exactly. Edward, um, um, anything you have to say about independent films or or any of your pursuits? In no, that no. I got one. I got one oh. question for Edward right now. Oh, nope, okay. No, nope. I got a question. I got a question for you, Edward. Are you wearing pants? <laughs> You know, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, yes, I am actually. No, no, this is a question that Edward and I were talking about earlier. So to, to, to kind of cast a little light on this, just so you know, it's not just me or some weirdness. February 3rd, for those who don't know, is National Don't Wear Pants uh, uh, don't wear pants to work day. Work, work at work at home. Uh, work naked. Uh, work at home naked day. That is like a totally thing. Totally that. Yeah, wow. I know. We all well, missed it. Well, and the worst part about National Work at Home Naked Day, worst or best, depending on who you ask, is that when I looked it up, one of the ways they suggested celebrating it was to to acquire new equipment for your computer, such as among other things, a webcam. And I'm thinking, well. What, why would you want to acquire a webcam on National Work at Home Naked Day? I'm not from this world, yeah. clearly. <laughs> no, I would, but the leather chairs are a bit clingy. I mean, at that point, you're well, like, I mean, well, you know, I would hide it. 
I, I, I guess this is one of those things where uh, that's when he moved the business meeting over to uh, OnlyFans so that he can make a uh, monthly profit off of it. On top Why of whatever not? Zoom meetings for it. Make yeah, Zoom exactly meetings more interesting. I appreciate everybody getting together for this meeting. As you all know now, I've forwarded to my supervisor that we're going to move this meeting over to the OnlyFans account. One ninety nine. Eddie, I don't want to have my dong hanging out. Well, if you were naked, it, it wouldn't hang out from anywhere. It would just be there. Yeah, but of course, if the keyboard's at an angle, that means the idea is a really good concept, and you're really excited yeah. to hear more. Go to work naked day in the middle of winter. Wouldn't you guys, like, you know, just saying, you know, George Costanza said it best. It was cold. It happened. We just had single-digit weather up here anyways. I'll give anybody. Anybody who's willing to say, middle of February, I'm working naked, points to them. I would agree. So that works. I would totally yeah. agree with that situation. You men are brave. Because we're just going to go walk by and go, hmm. <laughs> oh, well, brave or insane. Cause... No. You know what? No. Women, women. no. Ed, um, if, you, if you don't mind, um, I, I want to take a I want to take a side notation, um, you know, because I know I know you got your book out and stuff, but believe it or not, I was actually more familiar. You know, as soon as as soon as I heard that we were interviewing you, I wanted to, I've been wanting to ask you about this. Um, the Dream Quest of Unknown Cadath. You know, yeah. How 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 did you put the concept together and then? You know, how long did it take for the whole creation? That was one hell of a great film. Oh, thank you. That is super kind of you to say. Um, so for those who aren't familiar, The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath was our first feature film. It's animated, um, and it's based on the novel by H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, it's one of his few just straight-up fantasy pieces, and I love this story so much. Um, initially, I was thinking of doing it using animated stick figures, because at the time, um, I was um, doing pretty good at animating stick figure move- movement. Um, but a, a buddy of mine uh, uh, pointed out uh, uh, that, hey, you know, instead of the stick figures are going to be a lot. No, actually, I was planning on doing it using sort of a clay animation. And then a buddy of mine who worked at World Event and said, don't do that. You won't live long enough to, to do that. Why don't you do it with animated stick figures? So I started, uh, uh, you know, thinking about how to do it with animated stick figures, and then I, I, I hooked up with the um, the artist who he had done a comic book, uh, and you kind of caught me by surprise. Like I'm, I can't believe I'm blinking on his name at the moment, um, but he was the artist for he, he did a whole comic book series, The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath. So I wrote to him. Oh my God, that's gonna be so embarrassing. I can't remember his name. Uh, Jason. And, and, I, and, I, and I wrote to him and I said, hey, do you have, uh, can I get permission to do this? Can I, you know, maybe take your comic book and then um, animate it? And I'll just animate, you know, bits and pieces. I won't go too detailed, too complicated. And, and he said, like, oh, dude, if you were really willing to do this, more power to you. And uh, so he ended up drawing a ton of this stuff. 
one piece mm-hmm. led to another, and we ended up. We, it, it took us like um, it took us about three years to finish that. We recorded all the audio, so we had essentially like an audio play, and then we used scenes from the comics. And then uh, uh, Jason, Jason, Jason Thompson, um, he drew extra stuff for us, like a ton of extra stuff, um, so that we could animate it better and, right. and, and, and produce a bunch of animation. And we did all kinds of awesome. stuff. We brought in, you know, special effects, like rainbow effects and all kinds of weird things. We, we came up with how to do the voices for the different kind of uh, species, like the ghouls have their own way of talking and the, 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 the zoogs have their own way of talking. And at the end of this, we showed this um, uh, at the uh, at the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, and the and the theater was just packed, uh, and it's been a blast. We've, but that that was in 2003, um, and yeah. uh, to, to this day, it's still one of our one of the movie that still people buy. They I get orders for it all the time on the website, and it's like, oh yeah, can I do this? And yeah, so it's a crazy movie that we didn't expect, like, every time. It's almost like the Dread Pirate Roberts, like, every morning or so. You're like, you know, I'm probably not going to finish this movie. This is insane. Why am I doing this? I'll do a little bit. And then at the end of three years, like, oh, shit, it's done. Look at that. We got a movie. Well, definitely. Anyway, I mean, congratulations, because yeah. it, it is absolutely amazing. It really is. Oh, I'm really glad you like. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad that yeah, you guys that, that you guys saw it too. Oh yeah. So I mean, um, Edward is uh, is somebody to look out for, not just with literature, but with his talent with pulling stuff like that together. Very cool. Yes, your bright future, future man. That's great. Happy for you. We're doing our best. That was our first. Oh. We have. Um, did a couple other feature films since then, and um, sort of gearing up to start some a new project that's kind of like, oh, are we really going to try this? And we're going to try it. I know we are going to try it. I always cool. question myself before. Am I really going to try this? And it's like I'm halfway through the project. Shut up, you're trying it. Oh yeah, well, right. I know the feeling. All right, so I got this uh, message that from somebody that you did a really bad thing with uh, lawn darts. So, right, I mean, it's just a really bad idea, okay? Uh, so for, for if you've all read, uh, I don't know if you have or not, but if you ever get a chance, read Clan of the Cave Bear. It's a terrific novel, and it's a lot of fun. And and I got it in my head, like, oh, I want to try building a sling. You know, slings sound like a lot of fun. should be easy. I didn't realize at the time, even like with small stones, you could kill somebody with a sling. I mean, that's that's how lots of people were murdered and, you know, killed in wars with slings back before they had, you know. I decided, well, I'm going to go one more with a sling. I'm going to use a sling uh, modification, like a rope, uh, attach it to a lawn dart. And maybe I can get myself what? in serious range on a lawn dart if I, you know, if I hook a rope to it, a sling to it, and then I spin it around and let it go, which is probably the second dumbest idea a human being has ever had. Um, 
Uh, excuse me, Edward. I would have to say that is the first dumbest idea that a human could ever have. It, you could be right. And, 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 and then again, I, I people have um, uh, have uh, become kings of like Israel with just a little sling. <laughs> exactly. You would think I would study that a bit more. Okay, I gotta hear the story now. I'm sorry, Edward. I gotta hear the story. You gotta finish it. Well, there, I mean that's we. So we were going to a picnic. It was a big social event. You know, just a bunch of friends all at a at a park. And I brought the lawn darts because I thought, how how bad can it be? I mean, you know, I'm sure that lawn darts are overrated, and people talk about how dangerous they are but they're probably fine because I'm still alive. I have a bias. So I, I get the, uh, the, the, the sling, the, the, the piece of rope, and I kind of loop it around the lawn dart, like, all right, this ought to be fun. I wonder what kind of clearance I can get with this. I give it a couple of spins, like, this feels great. No wonder people fought like this. And then I let it go. In my mind, in my brain, I imagine this lawn dart flying beautifully through the air and landing in that little circle of plastic that you get with them. That is not what happened. That lawn dart went straight up into the air. I swear to God, I think that lawn dart bounced off of the moon. And then it turned back. We had a group of, I would say, at least 20 to 30 people. A lot of people were at this, this, this party. And kids and, I don't know, nuns, everything. There were tons of people there. And I'm looking oh, at and I'm just, nuns? well, we, did, we hit no nuns. No nuns were harmed in the making of this. Okay. But that lawn dart was way the hell up there, and I realized that's coming right down into the middle of our group, and I have no idea. And then all of a sudden, all the stories about how, oh, yeah, it hit this kid in the head and collapsed the skull. Oh, yeah, it crushes this other kid. Oh, yeah, all those stories came to my mind, like, that's what they're talking about. And I just made it into far more dangerous than by putting it on the end of a swing. Oh, my God. And it landed really close. It landed maybe like 10 feet from the, the picnic area. But when it landed, it just went, it embedded itself. I had to wiggle it to get it out of the dirt. And I'm just looking at my, oh, I'm wow. looking at my hands. These are the hands that could have just, you know, murderated somebody. And I thought, all right, this is a power that is far too awesome for humankind. <laughs> so my advice I don't, I don't know who I was during the telling of the story. I don't know who I was more scared for, the nuns or the kids. See, you made me choose. I did, and it's important to choose. If there may come a time when you're faced by, say, a giant grizzly bear or a Sasquatch, and says. Choose between the nuns or the babies. And that's going to be a hard who, choice. Who do you want to right. save? It's all you up to know. you. The charge, the charge is going well, way up there. Yeah. See, that, and that I sounds like one of those perfect uh, interview questions for when an intern wants to come work for you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the choice I would ask. All right, you're in the middle of this park. This shit's gone down. Quick, choose nuns or babies. And no matter what, your baby. Ah, you lost. It's, it's kind of oh, like, yeah. regardless of hell, you're going to hell, right? It's kind of like, yeah. you're going to hell. 
The worst Either part way. is if it'd be like a nun holding a baby and it like separated both of them. Oh my gosh. There we go. Dude, you were totally like, like. So. You're, I would choose the babies. I would like, choose the babies to stay. The baby I was <laughs> actually like uh, seriously contemplating. Oh, what would I do? I would choose the babies actually because nuns are just like anybody else, and they've uh, they've grown up enough, and the babies are innocent, no, Nick, and uh, it doesn't matter what uh, the, they, You could substitute nuns for soldiers. You could substitute nuns for politicians or normal people and stuff. But when it comes to any of that versus babies, I would like choose the babies because they just started their lives. And if it's guaranteed that they would live, then that would be better. I mean, who am I? I don't know. But that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Because why would they, who cares if they're nuns? What other role would they play versus the babies? So there's a very (laughs) difference between nuns and babies. Nuns are, so given one, one variation, nuns can be a weapon and babies are just a mess. And it's if you add the word chuck to the end of it, nunchucks, bad. Baby chucks, messy. That's, that's where I would draw the line. Oh, oh my goodness! Now I'm so confused. Fair enough. I knew you would okay, be. Okay, then. That's why I chuckled. All right. Uh, okay, <laughs> Edward. So writing. I mean, you're you got a great book out. I know you got a great book out because Nick would not publish you if you did not have a great book out. So the Blood Red Knight of Hatchet Valley. <laughs> and when yeah. I first like when you first when I first like um uh got it you submitted it to me I thought it would be like a slasher novel but it turned out to be completely different but with uh, the you know the required gore all that stuff and the characterization the, I mean the whole nine yards but that's what I first thought that it would be uh, and then I uh, and then when I was seriously like looking into it and reading it I thought, oh, okay, yeah, okay. This is this is different and stuff. Uh, your writing style's excellent, um, and yeah. Before anybody else has a chance, um, what uh, what do you plan to do writing wise um, a- a- after this? Oh, I'm glad you asked. That was Nicholas, right? Oh yeah, that that's me. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. avoid just. I got I got Francie, but I don't always can tell the difference between William, Tom, and Nicholas. So I apologize. But um, so yes, so Nicholas, you may already know this, but I am in edits on my next novel called The Violet Furnace, which I'll be sending to you shortly. Um, fingers nice. crossed, you know. So, Groovy. So your call. Um, and hey, it is Edward. Edward, uh, let me give you a uh, heads up from the big boss. You know the publisher. Okay. Um, he really likes you. Aww. Well, oh well, yeah. And on top of that, too. I mean, anybody that I've uh, that I publish, um, I I um, I um, um, oh, how, how can I say? <laughs> uh, after a couple of shots myself, 
Um, but um, I pay attention to whatever else you submit to me uh, more than anybody that submits to me on a daily basis outside of that. Uh, so I pay attention to my authors. You could pretty much guarantee yourself that whatever you come out with, if you want me to publish it, because I published you now, um, that's my commitment, like to all of my authors. And I kind of figure, too, if it falls short, then we'll work on it together and, and figure it out. But uh, I'm pretty much committed to whatever you and my other authors want to do once I've subscribed to you. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm all ears, anything that you want, um, and the, you know the whole nine yards. So, yeah, so, I mean... Um, yeah, you could uh, guarantee that if if you want me to publish anything that you send to me, I will publish it. Um, if and like I said, if it falls short, we'll work on it until it you know gets out there and we can do it. But I'm I'm subscribed to you, so it's not like just a one-time thing for me or anything. And and it's an investment, but I mean this is my life, so I love to do this and I love to exploit authors that are unsung like you that are trying to get out that's my passion that's what i do and that's one of the things that sold me on you nicholas when i looked over your uh catalog and i saw you had a bunch of uh, books by the same people it was yes. definitely not a bye-by-night thing like these people they he is working in in sympathetical with them so that's great i really appreciate having a relationship with my publisher Oh, well, I appreciate and having a relationship I, with I, you. I, I, I will tell you. Like, like hey, Tom Sawyer, uh, I told him, I, I, I said this about uh, probably 45 minutes ago um, uh, on the show, too. I, I published, like, I don't know, 13 books by him you know, over the years. Yeah. Yep, yep. Tom Sawyer had, Tom Sawyer had to go. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Uh Okay, yeah. His wife fell. It's kind of funny, and it's so great. Tom Sawyer is such a great guy. He's been with us for how many years? Uh, like on Frenchie and Friends, I think it's been like five years. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, Tom, yeah. Tom Sawyer is awesome. Uh, uh, I do. Yeah. Uh, uh, one, one big point, though, that I want to make is don't just um, um, place all of your bets with me. You got to get around the block. To it, it's nice to publish you, and to continue a relationship, but write short stories, um, write other books that maybe you can send someplace else to get around the block, and not just me. Uh, as a writer, as a serious writer, you, um, you got to do that. Uh, you got to uh, submit to other people you. as well. But whatever you, you feel like you want me to publish, then that's great. Um, but get around the block, especially um, submitting short stories to magazines and, and things like that, too. And I encourage you also, you know, Edward, to keep pursuing the, the um, um, independent film thing. Too. We okay. might even eventually down the road get together on that because I want to do that, um, you know. Um, yeah, it's on my bucket list. <laughs> you know, 
I, I, I've dabbled in that before, but I really do want to actually get things on film. I, because what I've always liked to do is just tell stories, whether it's in written form or whatever. It's it's um, more accessible in written form, of course, because it's just between you and a notepad. Uh, you know, but um, uh, and, and it takes a lot more to, you know, make a movie. Um, but... I, I want to pursue that too. So you know, down the road. But yeah, get get around the block. And and I um, actually some of some authors I've talked to that are recent, as recent as you are, um, they've um, 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 I, I've I've said the exact same thing too, and uh, they've put some short stories around too. It's like getting your your name out and everything, and it draws attention to the book as well. And then they they figure out more about you people that you develop a fandom over a period of time um, with like reaching out like that. Uh, that makes sense, I guess. I, I, I'm rambling. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm I'm off my pedestal, but yeah. I mean, that's that's in my experience. I mean, you gotta. Um, get yourself around the block even if it's a couple of short stories here and there and stuff and and then uh, you know they'll say this is the author of the blood red knight of hatchet valley and then people will like go oh this story's good i'm gonna read this book i'm gonna get it where is it yeah. oh yeah you know that's, or that's pretty much how it works you know or, or sometimes plan b where he goes oh wait they wrote a book too well, yeah, exactly. Well, that's you know, yeah, that's uh, that's part of getting yourself around. Yeah, that, that whole nine yards. If that makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah, makes total sense. So, did we lose our guest? Uh, Edward. Edward? Hello? N971. That's me. Oh, okay, there you there are. We are. Hi. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yes. Welcome back. Are you, able to, are you able to hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> there we Got worried. It got right. a little quiet there, so we were filling in the yeah. uh, dead airspace with some preaching. It, did you so, miss any of that? <laughs> because I don't I think did. I could say that again. But yeah, okay. uh, a good advice about spreading the word about your stuff and 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 uh, submitting short stories to magazines and um, and all that, and that maybe sometime in the near future we might get together about. Um, making an independent film or something. Oh, yeah, I'm totally on board for that. Yes, yes. Um, uh, it, but and you're right. I, I've, I've had short stories published in more than a dozen different anthologies. Um, awesome. And as far as short stories go, I'm, I'm working on a project now that has 17 volumes of short stories uh, in wow. it. Wow. So about, mm, about half done with the stories, each, each volume has 10 stories. Um, and they're all, each volume is placed like 
okay, this is all stories that takes place in a polar environment. These are all stories that takes place in space. These are all stories that take place underwater. And I ended up with, uh, you know, over time sort of marking out like 17 volumes. So I'm at about 81 stories so far written just for this, this thing. Oh, I think I've, oh, oh I yeah, I've as a matter of fact, yeah. You you sent me <laughs> that uh, yeah um, you sent me a that's a huge volume, um, but I'm uh, like I said I, I'll figure out if you want me to publish it I'll figure it out we'll figure it out that's a big yeah, volume though yeah I um, but uh, oh yeah that's 170 stories that's, yeah that's well yeah oh good lord yes yes in fact yes. I, I just recalled that. I've got so many things going on, so many other things like that. But yeah, you, totally makes sense. Yeah, uh, but but I remember that fully. Um, yeah, but we'll figure it out. That's a lot of yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, yeah, with uh, Blood Red Night of Hatchet Valley, um, you had a lot of like different chapters and stuff that I had to condense. So you're That's so right. okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. I think I get part of your mentality uh, behind, like, um, sequencing different, like, I don't know how to explain it. But, uh, yeah, um, wow. So, yeah, well, more power to you, though. Um, that in, in Francie, in answer to the other part of the question you had, I've already been sort of working out what happens next at the end of Hatchet Valley. Oh, um, so, Nicholas, you may be interested to know this is starting to sort of gel up a bit. Um, you might remember from the story, again, spoiling, that there are actually two different uh, significant branches. Um, right in the beginning, there's a branch where the creature splits into two, and we only follow one. We never follow the other one because that's part of the next story. And then at the end, the very obvious one, where all of a sudden there's a meteor shower I'm like, okay, we got shit to do. That's the other end. Those two different elements come together um, at the sequel. Oh, boy. Wow, that's going to be that. Yeah. Wow. It's going to be one of those stories, right? It's going to be what? It's going to be one of those stories. It's going to be one of those stories. Well, here's the funny thing. I, after, um, so, uh, right after you announced it, Nicholas, I had a, a buddy of mine picked it up, and he immediately wrote back, like a day later, he says, and he told me, dude, I binged this in like a day. I want to know what happens to Aaron next. I, you know, I want to know the next adventures of Aaron. So like, well, okay, we're putting it together. Huh. But, um, so just, just so you know, you know, we're, the, the whole goal is to keep busy. Okay. Yeah, well, of course, and and I can uh, I can I can uh, I can perceive a nice sequel with that. With well, different communities like uh, dealing with the same thing. If there's like a meteor shower of all that, not to give too much away with the book, yeah. but um, um, well, you can you you could think of it like the Blob, the original movie, the Blob. Um, oh yeah. Instead of one meteor. <laughs> small meteor, there would be like a bunch of those things. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm going to spoil a little bit for you, but uh, the current the current plan is that, that 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 meteor shower at the end 
it's not more of those things. It's something else. Uh oh. No. There we go. Yeah. So, we. I'm trying to get the best of all worlds here, and uh, so I, 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 I'm, I'm, I prepped you. I don't want to spoil it because here's the other thing that's so hilarious to me. Is like it, it's, it's a crazy thing. Nicholas, you're great at, at, at selling the stuff and, and making, oh, my God, I love your cover. I love your cover so much that if it was in a different country where I was allowed to marry more than one person, I would marry that cover. Um, <laughs> but um, I have the hardest time selling my stuff and telling people what's going on and, like, telling people what I'm working on. This is a really bizarre call, which I only probably could do with the assistance of rum. Um because normally you'd be like, well, I'm kind of working on something, kind of working on something. And like, dude, it's already published. You can stop saying you're kind of working on it. Okay. So I am very grateful for you jumping all over this and making this, 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 this great package, this, this great sort of setup and, and just like, boom, there you go. I do this for my, my other authors and they stick around. And that's what has, that's, that's what sold me on you. Uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time when people um, want advice from me that haven't been published yet, and this has been for decades, when, uh, and they say, hey, I've got a great idea for a book. I'm going to do this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I'd say, okay, well, then do it. Um, you yeah. Write it and then send it out somewhere and, you know, take the steps. Um, and uh, I'm glad that you did that. <laughs> yeah, that that's what you have to do. That's what every anybody that has the aspirations to do this kind of thing. It's just okay. It's not rocket science. You don't have to go out fill out an application for it. You don't have to like drive a car to go somewhere to do it. You just it's between you and and whatever instrument that you're using to write it down with. And and then and then take the next step after that once it's finished and yeah it's like A B C D um, but um, um, uh, well like with your book um, uh, and and those like yours that are published I mean um, you have um, a uh, and you've written a lot of stories and everything too and and it shines through that. Uh, your characterization um, and and the way that you tell it and everything it's all refined it's all really like um, top par uh, with something like that too so and I always like uh, try to you know when people ask me questions about what does it take to be a real writer and it's to find your voice and you found your voice with stuff like this and so I mean it's all, I mean, it's all in the pages. I mean, anybody that's listening right now, just um, by the blood red night of Hatchet Valley, you found your voice. You've done a great job doing this. And this is a great representation of how you write and your imagination in the whole nine yards. It's just, I mean, yes. And it's not just that, but if they find more about you, then they'll find that, um, that, uh, you're an aspiring filmmaker, and you have great talent in that direction as well. And you have um, a body of work uh, uh, behind you. And you just keep growing. Just keep doing it. <laughs> you know? 
That's the Jordan, 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 well. Yeah. That's something you- that a lot of people, you, you, you wrote this great horror book, which uh, is, I love it. Nick loves it. But you're also a comedy guy. You do improv and you do comedy. I I have done stand up and comedy. It's been a while, but I'm trying my best. Um, what do you find Doing horror or doing comedy? I think it works best if you mix them. Yeah, there we go. Uh, that's, good. that's a good answer. Um, and if if uh, in one of the things in the um, in the Blood Red Night of Hatchet Valley is there's a lot of comedy in there. I mean, maybe it's, it's nice. it might be very dark comedy, but there's there's a lot of funny bits in there. I you know, yeah yeah uh, uh, when I was going through it yeah I I, uh, I I remember I'm glad that you guys mentioned it uh, but uh, I admire your sense of humor throughout the whole thing. Yeah, that that was something. I'm glad you mentioned it because that that was something I wanted to tap into. But that's a, a you know finding your voice and everything too. Um, you know, adding that element and it it makes it entertaining. <laughs> well, good. I mean, that's, want to be entertained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to entertain, and I would love to entertain you. And it also would delight me if you walked away after reading it and thought. You know, I, I kind of get some of this stuff that's going on because there's a couple little things I slip in. I, like you said, once you find your voice, your voice has its own sort of sense of morality to it. And yep. the, the, humor, the humor helps. And I think that's what happens when any one of us are faced with really dark circumstances at times. We escape from those dark circumstances using whatever tools we're, we're trained to use. And many of us are trained to use, like, comedy and make jokes. That's why there's gallows humor where like, oh man, this is a really horrible thing. Well, at least I wore my good underpants today. Um, you know, we just we do our best to make that. So, no. I do totally agree yeah. with that. At least I showed Going along those lines, I'm, I'm going to throw in a fun little question. Um, you know, when I think dark comedy and gallows humor, the first thing that pops into my head is uh, Bloodbath at the House of Death, which features uh, Vincent Price as a satanic warlock, and among other things. Um, are we thinking along those lines with the dark comedy, or uh, you know, where where you have the um, you know the the whole summoning concept interrupted with uh, oh shit my hand and all the followers repeating those words or um, you know what's the what's the level of the boundaries on the comedy so I have not seen Bloodbath of the House of Death yet which is one of the best titles of a movie ever I have watched The Raven many times um, of course Um, but um Vincent Price had this wonderful way of, I mean, especially later, sort of kind of nodding to the audience, like, we're all enjoying this movie, aren't we? And and you sort of did that. It, it's a, it, it's a trend. Um, I try not to go all the direction of, say, the Brady Bunch, you know, uh, okay. Vincent Price comedy. Um, uh, Brady Bunch. <laughs> right, right. 
I mean, if you, if you watch Brady Bunch, you'll get to that that Vincent Price episode. I think it's a oh, two-parter. Yeah, oh, it kid. is. I, oh, I remember that. I saw it as a kid on TV. Yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Wow. Um, and that Hawaiian that thing too. <laughs> yes, yes. It was all. It all took place in Hawaii, and and um, in fact, oh boy, now that I think about it, it sort of loosely inspired. Um, so years ago, and as as many of us do who are writing, I wrote for an adult publication, and they asked me to write something sort of vaguely supernatural. And I think that it was sort of what I wrote was sort of loosely inspired by that episode of the Brady Bunch in Hawaii with Vincent Price. <laughs> you would you would never be able to tell by reading it, but I know the DNA is in there. Nice. Well. Yeah. Thank. Thankfully, I got paid. So, you know, that's the nice thing about writing <laughs> porn. You generally get paid. At least you got uh, paid. I got paid, yes, and not just in copy or something. Um, but um, now I got to go watch, and I got to look up the bloodbath of the House of Death. Again, a fucking amazing title. I love that title. <laughs> well, you, you'll, um, you'll, be in, you know, you'll be in for a treat, I'll say that much. Oh, good. I love that. I love that approach, too, as far as, like, introducing people to horror that they've never encountered or stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, a, a little bit of humor. Um, so to give you kind of my sort of my anchor as far as, um, like, for The Thing, a lot of us have seen The Thing. There's a point where where uh, uh, Kurt Russell says, I don't know, whatever it is, but it's weird and pissed off. That That sort of line of dialogue to me is, like, that's almost right where I am. I'm kind of a little bit in the in the realm of tremors as far as my humor goes. Like you okay. put ordinary people, very, very ordinary people with an extraordinary thing going on around them and they're going to respond to it in the way that their, 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 you know, kind of their social structure is. And none of it's bad. It's just, that's how you were raised. That's what you learned to say. Um, I would, I mean, myself, because a lot of my um, background is in a technical background, I would respond to things from trying to solve it from a technical perspective. And there's a little bit of that in the book, too, because, you know, that like, as Nicholas pointed out, part of finding your voice is where your voice comes out in different characters. And then, like, some other characters, like uh, like the character in, in the book uh, called Dee Dee, uh, Dee Dee is, is not as, uh, it, on first blush, she's, like, just really acidic. She has no humor at all. Um, she's just mean. And, and unfortunately, whatever, I've met people who that's their way of working, and that's how they cope with the world. They just get louder and meaner until whatever it is stops being a pain in the ass. One thing I was going to say wow. about you is you don't seem like you're a mean person. You're the kind of guy uh, talking to you, for a couple of days and talking to you live now, you're the guy that just, you just let things roll off and you look at the comedy and everything. That's a way to survive, Francie. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Exactly. That's, that's the kind of guy that I feel that you are. You just let things roll off and it's like, okay, so I'm not going to see this person another day. Why even argue with it? I'm going to walk on. 
there have been times when when people have honked me off enough, they show up later in a story. I shit you not. <laughs> they will show up later in the story. <laughs> like, well, that's yeah. an odd yeah. name for a person to just get slaughtered. Yeah, yeah it you is, can isn't it? them in the story later on. Yeah. Oh, we all do yeah. that. Uh, I I know, like um, my friend Jonathan Mayberry um, uh, adds characters all the time that that he knows, and uh, and I I've done that. Uh, I'm infinite, infamous for that. Like in the story of the Yuletide thing, we write what we know, basically. Yeah. So you know, it's like the Taylor Swift syndrome. <laughs> about her writing songs uh, about ex-boyfriends and things. But, I mean, that's been, uh, I mean, any anybody that writes anything, they, they're they inspired by things that happen to them. And what happens to us most, unless we've been through some uh, war or something, are relationships. And um, so, I mean, I, and I've always said so myself, too. I mean, Lifetime, Lifetime TV, Back in the day, uh, um, it, it could seem like it's like a run-of-the-mill housewife romance thing, but there's um, it, it, there's horror that happens in that. Uh, I, I, I mean, um, when it comes down to the drama and the who did what and all kinds of things, and like I've said before too, you you can find horror in everything. Um, even lifetime television, uh, you can find horror. Oh, you, you can you find can there's horror in the Bible. It. You can find oh, yeah. horror in all kinds of. Uh, I mean, every everything, what? even in romance. Yeah, there's drama. That's the, I mean, what? we we cannot pay attention to any story or anything when it's just like oh nothing's going on. Da, 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 da. Okay, well, you know there has to be thing. drama. What I like about Edward also is that he does stand up and he does improv. Edward, I kind oh, of well, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, yeah, you you, uh, you touched upon see. that. Yeah, that, that that's great. I mean, he's a well-rounded person. Hey, um, uh, what kind of um, speaking of stand-up? Do you remember any um, lines that you used to do? I do, but it wouldn't play as well here. <laughs> oh, come on now. Give us one. Give us one. You're standing up on stage, and you say like a one-liner that you used to do back in the day. Wow. Uh, Okay, I did I did get some bad news from my wife lately. Apparently my girlfriend's cheating on me. A couple of bits. Yeah. And the best part was the audience starts to laugh, then they stop, then they look at each other like, Should I acknowledge what I just heard? <laughs> Yeah, that's very Andy Kaufman. Oh boy. Here's one for you, Eddie. I'm gonna give you one. Fire away. 
Never trust a man in a wheelchair with dirty shoes. I'm going to hell for that one. You're going oh you're going to hell for that one? Yeah, Why never would you? trust Well, I'd never trust a man in dirty shoes in a wheelchair. Um, yeah, I don't know. You guys will get that later on. Okay. So, what country uh, do gerbils come from? Germany. I was at work. I was at work today, and a coworker said that uh, her father is a part of the Green Bay Packers. He's the best player on the team. You guys following me? Yep. Okay. Not like so, a stalker, though. They 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 asked me. She said, "Do you, do you understand what I'm saying, Francie? My father is the best football player on the Green Bay Packers." And I said, "Okay." And she said, tell me what you really think about that. And I said, I think your butthole is uh, uh, jealous of your mouth because it's, oh, crap, I can't tell a joke. Okay, never mind. Basically, the crap's coming out of your mouth and it's not coming out of your butthole. Well, oh, I know. Oh, yeah, you were saying that joke earlier, but you kind of, yeah, yeah kind of lost time. that. Uh, there was the, like a, oh, something. I always, I used to like to like go on stage and like you know do stuff. And I, I was thinking about what it would be like to like. Um, stand up on a stage at like a local small joint and um, do some off-the-cuff comedic stuff and I just um, have never done it and I'm just comfortable where I am. Instead, what I do is I plague people like Francie and the people that I live around with jokes that I come up with off the top of my head and 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 they're great if I wrote them down but I never remember them uh I just but I use humor all the time I mean I can't help it it's what I got to so, do everybody has to use humor the, yeah humor is a a major coping mechanism for a lot of us um but when I when I started trying to do stand up even just a little bit um I walked into it thinking, oh, my God, everyone's so good. I, you know, they just, they've got their bit, and they're just aces at it. And then I walked into essentially an open mic where all the comics in the town go, and, and they do their five-minute bits, and they have their notebooks out, and they're making notes as they're, as they're doing their bits. And then I got to see, oh, that's what it's like when you're writing down, you're tuning your bit, you're figuring out which word is funnier. Is it badger or is it weasel? Like every little thing. And then every time I go back to the next show, the next open mic, that comic would be there and, 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 and they would have a, a different, a, a variation of it. And they would get a little funnier. 
And, and when I saw them improving as they went, then I saw, you know, how the sausage is made. And well, it's a lot easier to be less harsh on myself. Uh, comedy, comedy is harder than horror. It's easy to gross people out. It's harder to make them laugh. Yes. And, and in, in comedy, it's even harder because usually your audience is already honked off about something, and they're sitting there with their arms crossed, and they're glaring at you like, you better make me laugh, motherfucker. So it's hard. <laughs> you <get there. laughs> That's great. Because I got to pay two drinks for this shit. That's right. <laughs> they pay money. They're they're grumpy because they're like I paid I paid eight bucks to get in here and I brought his girlfriend that I want to impress. So like maybe we can get a little lucky later. So you better make a slap. But if they got in on a promotional thing because like someone called and said yeah you and sixteen of your friends can come for free as long as you buy a hamburger for eighteen dollars. Now they're all like I got in free. I don't give a shit about your act. I'm gonna heckle and be a weirdo. So there's no way to win. That is you just have to be absolutely true. <laughs> there's so much money to go into a comedy house, and then you gotta buy the drinks. You know, like, and, and I yeah, then you gotta pay the tip. There's also the tip on top of that. Francie has a um, unique um, history back in the day before I knew her. Um, of uh, comedy houses and uh, schmoozing with some very good, interesting celebrities that were gaining interest in in comedy houses throughout the country, and and she's had some of them on her show, and uh, oh, over the last like um, thirteen no years or so, like uh, uh, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's told me many stories. So she knows uh, what it's like. I don't think that she's actually done it herself, though. They wanted me to do it. Okay. Okay. And uh, you guys wouldn't get it because you're not from South Carolina. That that was a South Carolina joke that I, I uh, added up. It was a South Carolina joke with the polar bear. The polar bear died. Never mind. I, I, yeah, it's a South Carolina joke. Never mind. I do uh, that Yeah, joke, but so. she's, she's had, like, a lot of experience with, like, uh, uh, man, some of the people that she's had on her show that are stand-up comics from uh, where she's come from. So yeah. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I if I got drunk... <laughs> and and I got up on stage and had a microphone for ten minutes to tell jokes. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine what I would do. Just think off the top of my head. I wouldn't like yeah. go with a note or anything. Uh, I I I can't imagine. I can sing. I can like sing a song, <laughs> but. Um, okay. yeah. Wait, Freddie from South Carolina. Freddie. Freddie. Freddie, you there? Freddie. He he might have like dropped out. Freddie. Freddie would have gotten. 
Freddie, right. can you hear so, me? Here it is. Here's my joke. Are you ready? Fire away, Freddie. this joke up. Edward, right. okay, play with me here. You, you've been to the zoo, right? That's right. Okay, so here I am. I got this. Um, I had these crazy ex-boyfriends. My last boyfriend was like, um, hey, Bo, watch this. Um, so he passed away. <laughs> so I got a lot of free time on my hands right now. So the first thing I thought was um, I'm going to get a I'm going to get a pass at the zoo. I go to the sure. zoo every day, okay? There's a Burger King at the zoo. Every zoo I go to, there's a Burger King at the zoo. Um, not once did I see a Burger King truck pulling up at the zoo. Work with me. I'm a little rusty, okay? It's it's. Oh, yeah. I assume that's where all the extra penguins go. Yeah, you'd never see a Burger King truck going up into the zoo, whether or not you're there. Okay, just like that uh, Korean restaurant that was right next to the vet. Yeah, and, you know, uh, the South Carolina Riverbank Zoo, the polar bear died. So you keep in touch with this. Ladies sure. and gentlemen, we all know that the polar bear died. Do we know where they buried the polar bear? I'm I mean, still working on it. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, there's very yeah. uh, variations of how you can bury a polar bear. And you could cremate it, you can eat it, you can bury it in the ground somewhere, put a tombstone on top of it. Maybe it's that Burger King because the Burger King truck never pulled up. Ladies and gentlemen, we know the polar bear died. Do we know where they buried the polar bear? Maybe it's a Burger King. Oh, that's why that Burger King, some of the patrons of it were saying, this, this this hamburger is a little bit gamey. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's any coincidence that the polar bear died and the Burger Burger King came out with the Carborough Burger the polar bear, bear and there's a Burger King drop yeah. truck and he Okay, it's a bad joke. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just work with the ending, that's all. That's the thing with punch, set up some punchlines. And with the punchline... No, the polar bear died. Do we know where yeah. they buried the polar bear? See, my In the dad stomach got of every yeah. My dad got it. <laughs> my dad has a goofy laugh. He's like, <laughs> I got it. My dad I mean, got it. Are, those burgers are only 70% beef. What's that of the 30%? It ain't banana. It was a big deal when the polar bear died. I know. So I well, like, it should be. Oh, Burger King, I've never seen. And I did have the zoo pass, and I never seen a Burger King truck pass in the zoo. 
was that that was the same time that that Burger King came out with the um, icy white fur burgers. <laughs> I guess so. Remember the, the, the polar bear burgers. Sure. <laughs> yeah, special polar bear, and and they thought, oh, those were like, oh, that's a neat concept as far as burgers yeah. are concerned because they. They're icy, but they're still hot and warm for you to That's eat. Right. But there's something about them, and there's white, white furry substance um, in between those buns. It's 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 what they call automatic flossing burgers. As you eat, them, <laughs> automatic you flossing burgers. That means you can floss your teeth after the fur. As you're eating. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> I'll go there if you want me to go there. <laughs> it, it, I, I guarantee you if the polar bear population, like, really exploded, then all of a sudden we'd start saying, like, uh, oh, oh, uh, you'd go to, like, um, um, oh, like any oh, restaurant, man. like, uh, um, Outback Steakhouse. So, do you want polar bear um, or do you want beef? Because right. we've got plenty of polar bear. Polar bears. Or Applebee's. Applebee's Steakhouse. Um, a, a, a constant fries with your polar bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if I eat polar bear, I want bottomless fries. That's totally fine. Penguin fries. Yeah, that now it makes me actually want to eat a polar bear. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Depends well, on if they have the ba- babies or not. Um, but if they're like, you know, they don't, they don't have kids, then it's like, no, no, Mama, what, where are you going? Is She's going to be eating. You grow by yourselves, young ones. Grow by yourselves yeah. and the... Antarctic there and stuff. There, there's Eskimos that'll take care of you. <laughs> well, eat your mother. It, it, it's good food. We we need to eat. No, I'm kidding. We wouldn't do that. Yeah, and it would probably go the other way. To be honest, that probably uh, would do. I mean, I, okay, 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 Mama. What'd you do this time? Oh, I brought in this uh, this this human. Yeah, uh, we're gonna That's roast right. him. <laughs> I have a, a friend of mine moved up to uh, Norway, believe it or not. I mean, it, it's chilly. And one of the things that she had to learn was how to shoot because the polar bears there are not, they're not like pet polar bears you see in a Coca-Cola commercial. If the polar bear sees oh. you, you are dead unless you can get away and you cannot outrun a polar bear. So they, she had to learn how to shoot a rifle. Oh, because they will eat you. There's like no question at all. Like these are great. Once you peel off the the, the hairy bits on the outside, it's awesome. It's not as fatty as a penguin, or, or not a penguin. Sorry, seal. Because polar bears don't eat penguins because there's all different parts of the world. The polar bears, they their um, uh, their their passport doesn't allow them to get to Antarctica, so the penguins can go back and forth, but the polar bears aren't allowed. Uh, they they can't. See, the problem is they never get past um, security. But um, 
they will eat seals. Seals are all kinds of fat and yummy and blubbery. But in, in a pinch, you know, people will do fine. I imagine they would. Uh, you know, what's funny is I just had an epiphany about a potential, like, kind of down the road sequel to the Blood Red Night of Hatchet Valley, but having um, some um, force from outside of this planet land in a place like that and take a polar bear, merge it with a human being. Wouldn't that be great? If one of those things got a hold of a polar bear, well, on one hand you might say it might be all over, but if they got a hold of a grizzly bear, that would be the end of that. Oh, oh, oh well, you know? Chris, or a Kodiak bear. Yeah, so polar bears and grizzly bears are mating. You know what they call the, the mix? If a polar bear and a grizzly bear mate, they call the, the, the I don't know, the bearlings, the, they call them pizzlies. Oh, my gosh, Edward, you know a lot about bears, don't you? Bears are awesome. I mean, Yeah, they you know. are. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, you're, I'm like going, wow, he's... He's talking like National Geographic. He he really knows his stuff about these bears. Wow. (laughs) But I think it was the black bear. The black bear is the most primitive bear on the planet. And all of the bears sort of came from the black bear, if I remember right. But you just get curious, right? Because a writer always looks weird. If you remember right. (laughs) (laughs) Memory is a bit fuzzy in that regard but if I claw the memory out I can uh, probably get a good bite on it (laughs) I'm so sorry Uh, wow that is going to send me right to hell (laughs) yeah your uh, sequel should include bears (laughs) definitely are you still on your show you know, now I'm tempted to include bears. Uh, there we go. There we go. Oh, well, so, Nicholas, do you know yes. one of the best bear-based monster movies ever? Now, a lot of people might say Grizzly, but I'll go even oh, further. I Is know what you're going to say. You're going to say Prophecy. Oh, my God, yes. I, am I right? I'm right? Yep. Yeah. Awesomeness, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I was, um, I, I, I grew up back then, and I, I saw the commercial on TV when I was a kid and everything, and I, I love the poster where the metamorphosis and the egg thing. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to see that live and kill people, but uh, uh, when I actually saw the movie and it was a mutated bear, it was like ah. Oh, but it 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 um, grew on me, um, yeah. and you know, and I'll forever remember Prophecy. I've got it in my collection. Love that thing. Um, oh, I do too. And and the, and the you know the whole like premise and everything you know, with the yeah. the the, the, um, uh, uh, the um, contamination in the water and the you know oh, right. environment yeah. thing. Yeah. Yep. The- Ethylmercury interrupting the uh, uh, embryonic cycle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And to this day, um, 
if if I remember the sound that that little creature was making in the uh, in, they were carrying it around in a blanket and it was like crying out for its 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 parent. To this oh, day, yes. that little cry just makes me chilled thinking about it. Uh, you know, um, between you and me and everybody listening to um, the <laughs> baby from It's Alive, Larry Cohn, It's Alive. Um, yeah. That's cry, that cry. Uh, it does the same thing to me. I have to watch It's Alive again. I I watched it when it came out. I remember reading the book in high school and just thinking, I gotta see this. But uh, I must have watched it like really late at night and forgot a lot about it. Uh, it was a big influence on my life, um, actually. Uh, when when I was a kid, it came out in the theaters. Um, uh, I asked people that were friends of mine uh, who saw it. Uh, I wasn't allowed to see it. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, and from the commercials to everything, had this idea in my head, and it, uh, like, um, ma- it gave me nightmares um, uh, about it, about it, like, crawling up in my bed and, and think yeah. what it looked like. And, and uh, so I had a big, deep, deep obsession. Funny thing is... Um, now I'm really good friends with uh, the director's um, daughter. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, and um, uh, she was going to do a book that I was going to publish, but um, it was like a tell-all Hollywood thing, and she decided not to. But we've been keeping up um, since then. Um, uh, I, I forgot her name off the top of my head now. Uh, it's not uh, her last name's not Cohen. Um, Oh, fudge. And her mother was like the biggest um, um, uh, um, uh, oh, darn, this is like so off any subject. Um, um, uh, During the, the, uh, the 70s and the 80s, she was one of the Hollywood's biggest agents. Uh, for like the pop stars, and she got killed in an accident. That um, uh, her, uh, her daughter was saying wasn't an accident at all. Uh, oh, but uh, oh, I forgot her name now. But yeah, well, anyway, we might get her on Francine Friends actually um, pretty soon. I'd, like that, Larry Cohen stuff. But Larry Cohen, uh, it's alive, and the stuff, and Q, oh, yeah. the wing serpent, and um, Maniac Cop, and mm-hmm. you know all that. So I yeah, over the years, I mean that, that kind of stuff. I, 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 I'm sorry, I went off. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that um, in prophecy, uh, that whole thing like actually freaked me out. When I yeah. saw it, like with the the little like half grizzly half thing, like crying and everything, and then yeah, yeah, and then there would be like this um, uh, the um, people in the tent and stuff. There'd be this yep. thump, 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 and then you'd see like somebody somebody in a sleeping bag getting slapped against a tree. Yep, <laughs> and all that. There's a lot of movies that have scenes in them that I think lean, like, kind of steal a little bit from here and there from prophecy. So there's, um, like, a little baby scene, 
Um, I have a feeling, totally unsubstantiated, that in the second Jurassic Park, when they're carrying around this baby Tyrannosaurus, it's crying out, and they're carrying it in the same kind of way that they were carrying the baby in prophecy. Oh, I um, can totally see that. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, exactly the same kind of same kind of thing. Just remember mm-hmm. the director for Prophecy, uh, John Frankenheimer. Right. Um, yeah. The, uh, you know, side note. But um, yeah, yeah, when they did that in the Lost World with the yeah. baby T Rex. We just watched a movie a little while ago called The um, Spontaneous, which is a little tricky to find in the U.S., but it's about high school kids exploding. And there's one scene where all these high school, a bunch of high school kids are sleeping in like a big uh, isolation tent in sleeping bags, and one of the tents, one of the sleeping bags just goes, poof, it just explodes from the inside. And I think that was also, I mean, could have been, I don't know, but perhaps a nod back to that scene from Prophecy. Um, perhaps. Um, might be too much fresh, though. I don't know. Might have that movie. I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I can't think oh, of it. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a fairly new movie. I think from uh, 2020. Uh, oh, okay. No, I haven't seen it. Uh, mm. Hmm. I got a question for you. Yeah. Who? So, as as a kid or young adult, whatever, whatever you prefer movie that surprised you at how much it freaked you out. Like, you didn't expect whatever, and you walked away like, oh, shit. And it just was messing with your head for a while afterwards. Who? Me? Yeah, you. Oh. And I'll give you mine if you want the time to think. I can give you mine. Uh, well... I honestly think the original Blob and the original It's Alive mm-hmm. uh, baby movie are two huge influences on me, um, plus a lot of other stuff in between. Um, oh, yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, I can't really think beyond that. The Exorcist <laughs> wasn't important to me, and a lot of the other stuff, they were, everything else just seems to be, I mean, eh, I could elaborate, but I, why? What, uh, yeah, so. I was just curious, uh, because I have one, and it's a movie I didn't expect to freak me out, but after I watched it, it gave me nightmares for a long time, and it was hmm. the Monolith Monster from 1966. Oh, Oh. Now, you, you're like, well, that's sort of silly. There's just rocks. But as a kid, to me, that was faceless, relentless. It would not stop. It wasn't intelligent. You couldn't trap it, trick it, or anything. And it would just destroy everything it touched. And that freaked out my little mind. That's what I think about the blob, and it's alive back then. Uh, the monolith monsters, uh, I can get that. I mean, we're all inspired by things that we grew up with as kids, like watching on TV or whatever and, and stuff. And, and nowadays, um, you look back and go, huh, huh, uh, look at that. But um, you yeah. remember, you know, what it felt like 
to see it for the first time mm-hmm. as a kid uh and and how something like that inspired you um like all the blah 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 with me goes with what i saw on tv like godzilla stuff and mm-hmm. um you know um uh, the hammer horror um and uh you know uh things like that uh, uh, wizard of oz for our family back in early 70s uh, on television, oh, it's okay. Friday night, Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. eight o'clock. We'd have popcorn, watch it, stuff. It's it's really still. If I think too much about it, compared to back then, it's still kind of freaky that everything that we liked, like the monolith monsters or like the blob, mm-hmm. we can like access anytime we want to now. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. We don't have to wait for 8 o'clock on CBS. <laughs> what? You mean you don't have to say, I've got to be on TV at 8 o'clock anymore? Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, that's amazing to me that we could watch any of these things uh, that we can conjure up from our childhoods that um, are on, uh, you know, YouTube or whatever we subscribe to (laughs) it's amazing or you know stuff like that yep yep um there was many a a saturday afternoon watching creature feature hoping it was something i had not seen before and then once in a while it'd be something i'd never seen before and that was terrific and speaking of hammer i think die monster die was a hammer film and I was like Boris Karloff, and it was an okay. It was okay. It was fun. But there's this bit at the end where there's these glowing handprints on a cave wall, and that was another one that just man, the glowing handprints on a cave wall stuck with me. There's these moments. Oh these emotions, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right near the end. There's weird emotional moments that, uh, oh, like another one, War of the Gargantuas. Sorry. I, my, oh, I, I love that, that movie. Uh, yeah, it was the sequel to uh, Frankenstein versus Baragon. Yes, yes, it was, it, and you didn't really. I mean, I didn't know at the time it was a Frankenstein movie, but it was. Um, but there is a scene in the movie. As a kid, I'm watching this, and this the one gargantua eats a eats oh, a no, woman. No, no, stop, stop. Uh-huh. We did this before about a half an hour ago. Where I I uh, I stopped you and I said exactly what you were going to say and you said yes, uh, I want to yeah. do it again. Uh, you're you're about to talk about that gargantua that goes to the lady that's singing in the building in the nightclub and he eats her, aren't you? And then he spits out her clothes. Yeah. So and he spits out kid. her clothes. Yes. Is that As true? Did I do that again? Did I do another thingy? You, you did exactly. Yes, you did that again. Um, oh, my God. Kid, yeah. We, we're of the first... same, you and I. No, but, yeah. That, that yeah. when I was a that, kid, that was like the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and uh, I I can all, almost remember the song that she was singing, um, and it was in English. Uh, 
because I, I, I love soundtracks. Um, oh, I can't think of it right now, though. Just yeah, I, I, uh, I listened to the soundtrack of War of the Gargantuas now and again. Um, oh, um, oh, I almost thought of it. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Imagine as a little kid, I'm watching that movie. I'm having a great time. I'm all alone. My, my mom's making something in the kitchen. My dad's out doing something, whatever. And I'm watching this movie. He eats this woman, spits out her clothes, and that exact moment is when I realized, and this is ex- this almost exactly what's thought to happen in my head, death is forever. <laughs> and I go tailing into the kitchen. I'm freaking out. And like, Mom, Mom, when you die, you're gone forever or something like that. I can't remember exactly what I was saying. And she's like, what the hell is going on in the kitchen, in the living room? What are you watching? And that was it. That was like my first moment that death is forever because the lady never came back. I was such a demented little kid. I was walking. Oh, by wow. That. I can relate to that. Yeah, that was back in the – may I ask how old you are in front of all the people? I just turned 57. Oh, you're uh I am turning 57 this May. May 7th. As a matter of fact. Wow. So well, yes, yeah, so we have the same kind of um kind of yeah, that's that's where all this is going with the Yeah, yeah uh, with the uh Wow, with the TV stuff and everything, yeah. So, you know, pretty much, I can I can like finish your sentences for you. <laughs> You're talking about movies. Well, I I mean, you, I could we could talk our ears off on movies. Uh, yeah. Um. Um. Are you privy to Johnny Sacco and his giant flying robot? No. That <laughs> one of my heroes of back in the day. Yep, yep, doodles. Yeah, well, we we could certainly talk about all kinds of stuff and Gamera. Yeah, Gamera. Oh, I, you know, I've seen some of this. I recognize that giant robot, but I didn't know and what it was. Giant robot. Of the flying the flying <laughs> robot, I've seen it because it because it looks like um like the Sphinx. Ah, uh, yeah. That's one of my greatest inspirations of all time. It's Johnny Sacco and his giant flying robot. Turned into an anime thing later, but back in the day, man, um, you know, stuff like that. And a lot of, you know, stuff I saw in, well, in Southern California, Channel 5 movie theater, but um, it had a lot of those, like, like kaiju early movies, like with Godzilla versus Megalon and and Gamera yeah. stuff and, and, and things like that. Um, yeah, and, and uh, Johnny Sacco and his giant flying robot, they made into a movie that I I was first introduced to that whole thing uh, called Voyage into Space um, mm. and, you know, things like, you know. Uh, also, a big influence to me was uh, the Rankin-Bass movie Mad Monster Party saw that oh, when wow. I was a kid. I wanted to be Dracula, that Dracula. I wanted to I wanted to get girls, suck their blood, and sing and dance. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, 
that's the thing. Again, uh, a person can inspire. What's his favorite female character? Yeah, Francesca was the 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 red-haired girl in in Mad Monster Party. Her name was Francesca. I ended up with Francesca. <laughs> That's great. That stars Phyllis Diller. Wow. As a matter of fact, Edward, uh, in case you didn't know, uh, Francie's had this show since about 2009, and um, I was a guest on her show back then and that's how we got together and I ended up like flying to South Carolina and I brought her back and she's been here with me ever since well good Francesca, uh, how, how are you like in Southern California well mid, mid California Antelope 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 yep Northern um, California next to Sacramento yeah I'm dancing <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Yes, yeah, still adapting. No, I think that she's like in the Borg with uh, in Star Trek. I think that she's fully assimilated. Excellent. Team <laughs> Star Trek, so I don't know what that means. Assimilated or Borg? <laughs> Or Borg? I don't yeah, Borg, think Borg. The button. She, she's not into Star Trek. She doesn't know what that means. That's okay. No, no idea. Yeah. Nobody. But yeah, yeah, we're we're uh, the same age, same kind of you know grown up kind of stuff. That's really yeah, cool too. That adds to everything. Wow, we have big conversations about all that. I mean, you, you mentioned War of the Gargantuas. That's just, oh, my gosh. <coughs> you remember that octopus at the beginning of the movie? It was terrible. It was going into that that ship, and people were going, oh, no, it's, the, it's an octopus. Remember that thing? I don't remember the octopus. Oh, you've got the, to. I got, I, I'm on... Facebook with you. I'll like uh, uh, send you a clip. You'll go. Oh, okay. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> you, I mean, you just introduced me to a Rankin Bass movie, Mad Monster Party. I got to look that up. I'm, I've, I've got it up on Wikipedia, and I'm gonna have to find that movie and watch it because I'll watch anything by Rankin Bass. Oh, that's that's the best thing they've ever done. Um, also. Uh, Daydreamer. Mm. Daydreamer oh, is by them too, and it's half live action and half mm. what they're, you know, the puppetry stuff. Um, and that has like um, a, a great cast. Vincent Price is in it, and um, um, uh, Daydreamer. Um, it came out, I think, before Mad Monster Party, and it's uh, a musical. Also, but it's got like a huge. It's based on the stories of Hans Christian Andersen. Okay. So it's got the Little Mermaid, and and Thumbelina, and 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 stuff like uh, it. It's amazing if you haven't seen it. But my favorite. I mean, my inspiration ever since I was a kid. Mad Monster Party. <laughs> All right, they're about to cut us off. Uh, okay. where can 
can find you? Oh, I'm online at hellbendermedia.com. Did you yeah, what page? about your Facebook page? Pardon? Oh, Facebook sorry, page, anywhere else? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, all those links are on hellbendermedia.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, probably, I think uh, my partner's got a, a Pinterest site. She also maintains a Twitter page. But, um, uh, yeah, we're most of the social media, but it's all on um, at hellbendermedia.com or if you want, hellbender.media. Um, and that will take you, that'll direct you to all of our social media stuff. Nice. Groovy. And, and also blackbedsheetbooks.com. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and anywhere, you know, just type in black bedsheet books and, It'll take you where you want to go, no matter what kind of search engine you have. Yeah, same. The thing with Hellbender Media is that it, you pretty much type it into any search engine, and it's like, oh, yeah, I know those guys. <laughs> Likewise, too. I mean, All right. Indeed, Francie. Thank yeah, you so thanks, much. Edward, for for being on the show. Anybody, um, William, Tom, you guys have anything? I think William got bumped off. Yeah, he got bumped off. Uh oh. Oh, we're in the after party, too. Oh yeah. Where? Yeah. Which is like we get an hour, and then after the hour, it's, uh, anyway. Anywho, and and, yeah, and um, in the archives, I mean, after after tonight's show, when they link up to it, they can hear everything. Okay. So, yep. Oh, even the part about pants. Great. Yes, even that part. <laughs> Thank you both. Figure out if, uh, Edward wore pants tonight. <laughs> that question there you go yeah it was uh yeah. it, it was really great to have you on and it's great to actually talk to you um on the phone sometimes francie's show is um a good excuse to do that but uh huh? you can call me anytime though um the uh number is on the website but uh, i'll i could you know um send you the you know what? And all the whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're connected. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, and maybe at some point in the near future we can um, get together with like some other people, put together like a short independent horror film, have some fun, something like that. Oh. Also, yeah. um, with. Um, a sinister creature con at the end of April. Um, right. I, I'm thinking of uh, of actually being there, so I'll uh, keep you up to date uh, in the next week or so. And maybe if you feel like coming down, um, I could get some other authors together and we can like pull something off. Yeah, I, I was looking at that. Um, in fact. Well, my partner Amber and I were both looking at that because we might take the whole shooting match down. It looks like it looks like they are going to insist on 
looking at what you're offering and then make a decision, which is totally fine. But, you know, we've got DVDs and books and games and we can bring, we can do a whole table or, and or work with you and, and, and your, your group and, you know, set up a, set up a black bed sheet table. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll figure out, uh, it out. I mean, because I, I, that, um, that con's been going on for years and, I've been there as a guest, like uh, a lot. It's at a different mm-hmm. place, um, but um, I'll I'll see what I can put together. Yeah, let's um, get in touch on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to do that very quickly. Right now, yeah, within the next couple of weeks, because I'm in the middle of. I just put out a new book. Day, Carson Buckingham's book, which you got to check out too. Oh, and uh, and I, I want to say this whenever I can, so I'm going to say this now too. Um, is um, um, you're an author of mine, and I have all these other authors. Nobody ever pays attention to this, but um, you can for free just go to the website or ask me. And and um, kind of peruse, uh, see what uh, out of all the other authors I have, what you feel like reading, and I, then they're yours for free as an ebook, um, and you, you can like promote each other by reading each other, which is the whole you know. So um, uh, if you if there's any book that I've published that you um, want to read uh, I'll give it to you for free as like a PDF or ebook whatever thingy okay. um, also <laughs> um, I, I am pretty much prone to sometimes when somebody orders uh, an author orders I like throw in something but uh, yeah everybody I mean I mean the ebooks are free so yeah everybody's books woo Werewolf. Oh yeah, and Werewolf. Francie, Francie has a book called Werewolf, and <laughs> so you got to read that. Speaking yeah. of werewolves and things, I'll do that. Groovy ghoulies, but yeah, yeah, I just had to say that. I mean, Thank you me. know, yep. Everybody's books are free. As far as their e-books. Uh, and also, each one of you um, gets, um, uh, if you want to purchase a paperback of any of the other authors, uh, you get them for the same author price as they do also. You don't have to, like, you know, pay an arm and a leg. <laughs> or, or retail price. You just... You know, ask me. Uh, I, can you, you know, same author price for everybody. To yes, indeedy. We're now that the, we're, we're at the end of this, I'm just elaborating. But yeah, I just got yeah. I mean, geez, other publishers should should do that, and they don't. And but nobody seems to care or pay attention. Oftentimes. Um, so, yeah, and it's free. 
we must promote each other. Yeah, I'd like that. Would be nice. A lot of great stuff out yes. there, and I look forward to it. Um, yeah, I look forward to going through the catalog too and sort of seeing that the guy right before me, who's published right before me, I was really intrigued by the title, so I want to go back and check on that. Azura Knox's book, yeah, and oh yeah, and yeah, and and oh Ken King's book is coming out this week. Uh, right. So anybody within hearing distance, um, check out Black Bed Sheet Books on Facebook. I'm going to make an announcement and a, a cover reveal, probably overnight. I think <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be up for couple of hours more i've got things to do i have a business yep. to run and i love it sounds great i have nothing better to do <laughs> and i would not i mean this is my lot in life <laughs> um this is this is my chosen route and i love it i i, I i'm going to keep publishing books mind you until the day i die and and writing my own stuff too. There is me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, but anyway, yeah, I'm I'm so proud to publish you, Edward, Edward, and uh, everybody else that I do. Well, thank you, Nicholas. I appreciate it. I'm so grateful that you saw in it what I what I was hoping you'd see. Well, I'm glad I. <laughs> Actually, I get a lot of submissions, too. I'm glad that um, last August-ish, um, I decided to, like, look through them for the first time in, like, a, a, I don't know, a year, um, and, uh, and and caught yours. I, I, I wish I could publish more, but um, look through and carefully, like, you know, go, well, yeah. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like American Idol. It's like, oh, I really like this, but I can only publish so much. Can't publish right. everybody. And um, um, I, I, yours, um, I just thought, well, yeah, <laughs> I have to. This is great I'm stuff. Bad. It's great stuff. And not only that, but it's not like you're a one-time thing. You, you, uh, and this is what I look for too in in uh, submissions is what else have they done? And um, you know, um, not always, but I mean, if if what they bring to me is just um, you know a one time thing, and it's great, that's fantastic. But um, you've done a lot, and you have. Edward, um, a lot to exploit. And you've got like a nice body of work, and this is. Uh